Welcome back, Rabbi Dr. Eliezer Brat, for this special episode. We'll cover Hanukkah. Hanukkah is coming up in a couple of days. People will be listening to this on Hanukkah. And we want to discuss the Hanukkah omission. No, there isn't a special Shmulkunda tape on this topic that I know of. But this is something which is discussed for many hundreds of years. Why is there no Masechtas Hanukkah? So this episode, you probably can make a straightforward Birch HaTorah on because we will discuss some real Torah topics. It's not just going to be history, but a lot of history, a lot of Sfarim, and learning about new people like we do all the time. Rabbi Brat, how are you today? Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. Okay, so you could dive right in. Why yeah. is there no Mesechtes Hanukkah? Okay, so first like this. I'd like to talk about this topic as it relates to Hanukkah. Now, as normally, it's a topic that's spoken about. Hanukkah has a, a crazy amount of literature, like all other Yom Tovim. Constantly new works are being published every year, even this year. I fell into this particular, I fell into the rabbit hole of Hanukkah many years ago, and the rabbit hole of this topic, and I have not come out. At one point, I was even hoping to publish a safer about it. I still hope to, but uh, it's still in, pro- in progress. Today, I would like to present some of the materials I've discovered over the years. I can't bore you with all the materials. But I have some Rachmanis. Okay, now, the general topic is the, is the omission of Hanukkah in various early sources, specifically in the Mishnayis, where there's no Masechta devoted to the subject, although, as point, people point out, sprinkled in different places, there's some mention of the Chag, whereas, let's say, Purim, a parallel Chag, it has Masechtus Megillah. So the question is, why is that? Many answers have been given. Today, we're going to discuss a few and the discussions that come lead from the different answers. One, as I like to always quote in the outset, there's, there's lots of collections about it. Only one I'm going to mention is from Moshe Tzvinerya, who wrote a very useful article that later on, at some point, it was even translated into English. There are academic articles that help for this whole story, but today I'm not going to be using too much from them for today's presentation. Okay. I, the hope is to present some solutions, some that have been said, and some maybe um, build off others. First, as a general thing about Hanukkah and omissions, there's a lot of omissions of Hanukkah. What do I mean? When you, a lot of people ask, this is also a famous question that we're not going to deal so much today, but we'll mention a little bit about, is in Alanisim, there's no open mention of the nace of the Pach Shemin. Why is that so? We'll return to it possibly at some point. Another omission is even the Lashon of the Gemara, when it talks about Hanukkah, and we and it talks about Al-Hanisim, it refers to Al-Hanisim, it doesn't say the words Al-Hanisim openly. Lamashal, the famous Gemara that everyone quotes, my Hanukkah, the Tanah Rabbanon, and we'll be discussing this this Brisa. It, it's, so it says, after it says, and then it says, Everyone knows this Gemara. And then what does the Gemara say at the end? Rashi says, "My Hanukkah al ezen ez kavu," and then Rashi says, "Hachi garcina v'asa yam tayim b'halav v'ida loish asurim b'malacha sholinikvel lekaris halel v'loimer al hanisim b'ida." That it means to say in in haida we say al hanisim. Now, why does the Gemara say this? Okay, Lamaisa. Um, later on, the Gemara when it talks about Maul haskir shel Hanukkah beberchas hamazon, what's that referring to? Again, Alanisim. Why doesn't it say the words Alanisim? Also in the Tosefta, in the Yerushalmi, it doesn't ever use the words Alanisim. Very interesting. I'm not sure why that's so. 
Who's the earliest? When we have the Shultis, which we spoke about in previous episodes of Chaim Kanievsky, he uses the words Alanisim. Now, even then, the actual Nusach, you have to go, you have to wait till the Masech to Seifrim, who has it in short form, and then you have to wait till Rishayim, who bring down the whole Nusach of Alanisim. Another omission is even after we have this Gemara, the Gemara is still strange a little bit. Why? It says, the Shanacher is Kavim Vasam Yam Taivim Bahal but what about Ner Hanukkah? It doesn't say that Lashana Harris they spoke that you also have to light. It talks about what do you have to do? You have to say Halal and say Alanisim. But the main thing that at least that we do is light Neris Hanukkah. So this question already is handled by many. Just to mention, we're not going to go into this specific question, but this the big day kahuna, a machibur which um, Rabbi Kivega right away in the Gilean Ashas and Shabbos right away is Mitzayim to the Big Day Kuna. The Big Day Kuna has a massive arichos from a few hundred years back. On he goes, he writes on the Mizrahi. The Mizrahi wrote on Hilchas Hanukkah on the Smag. So this Batekuna has dozens of issues going through this Gemar, the Gemaras and the Sugis of Hilchas Hanukkah. Um, I would say it's something close to um, f- close to fifty different issues. He's mafalpal in it. Now, the Sefer has been um, printed once or twice. You can find it in Hebrew books. But more recently, someone published, about 10 years ago, it looks like this, a, a paperback. And, and he, his name is Menachem Adler. He's written a, Reb Menachem Adler. He's written a lot on Hanukkah. And he goes through this Chibur of the Batekuna um, Be'iun. And the Chibur is incredible. But, and he's aiming on everything about Hanukkah. Um, a lot of lambdas, a lot of all different things. And one of the things is he asked this question, deals with it. Okay, but I'm just mentioning it now because we're not going to really get back to dealing with every single aspect of the Gemara. Another question that people ask is in Alamichya. We say Alamichya and we don't say any mention of Hanukkah. If it's sort of a yantif, why not? Another point that people point to is in Yerushalmi, there's Kemat nothing about Hanukkah. Even the Bavli, which we, the Bavli does have a few blood, everyone knows, they, many people, they spend Hanukkah learning these sugyas. There's, no, there's Kemat nothing in Yerushalmi. Is there any reason for that? Another point people point to is the Piyutim of Eretz Yisrael of Hanukkah. There's no mention of Pachshemen. Similarly, Chibur, early Chiburim, such as the Sefer Maccabeum, Chilak Aleph, which, which is very, very early, which in recent years, a beautiful edition came out, looks like this, with Haskamas of many Gedailim, such as Rav Shleimer Fisher and others. And it helps one go, if Zalman Chami Gober gave a beautiful Haskamah, Yitzhak Yishai Weiss from Bnei Brak. It's a beautiful, beautiful edition with pictures, with Ha'aris. And one goes through it, you agav get a very Mayurdika understanding of what happened in Hanukkah. But... You'll be surprised to see there's no discussion of the Pach Shemin. Another discussion, another point people ask is in the Zayar, there's no mention of Hanukkah. And, and then the last point is in the Rambam. Everyone discusses Barichus, the Rambam and Hilchas Hanukkah, and he talks a little bit historically and his first halacha in Hilchas Hanukkah. And the second halacha, when he talks about we lighting candles, he doesn't even quote the Gemara and Hanukkah that we just quoted, which says, Nasa by Nes, why he also seems to be not talking about this thing. Okay, anyway, these are all the omissions. We're not going to be dealing with all the omissions. I'm just pointing out that the omissions of Hanukkah are very glaring on some level in all, in many different early sources, different omissions. So this is the Hagdama of, of the episode. Okay, thank you, Rabbi Brat. Rabbi Brat did not ask me to say this, but he mentions, he always mentions that he has this saver's about to put out, wants to put out, and it's time to put it out. So anybody, well, feel free, reach out, send them an email. I'm sure he could use, it needs time for it also, but I'm sure funding can help get these wonderful Sfarim out. He could tell me that I'm wrong, but that's how, that's how it goes in the book industry. Definitely funding is necessary. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. 
Anyway, so you can become famous together. Whoever wants to participate can become famous together with Rabbi Dr. Brutt. Um, another, another interesting piece of information. You mentioned different Sfarim. Um, I know Nachi Weinstein on the Sfarim Shadow podcast has had discussions with different um, academics about different various works that have been that have come out on Hanukkah. You know, discussing them. What what information is missing? What information is not missing? What's there? What's not there? Um, might be interesting to check out for some of the listeners. Anyway, okay. So who asked this question? You know, you touched upon it a little bit, but let's get into the ones that you want to focus on that discuss the pach or the question of why is it no Masechtas Hanukkah? All right. So it basically is, is Rav Yosef Cairo. He asks this in, a, in his Hebrew Magamisharim. Now, this it was pointed out to me uh, many years back from by, Schneer, by Professor Schneer Zalman Lyman, but it's not in the Magamisharim in the standard pieces of Magamisharim. It seems uh, there's, there's manuscripts of it, and in a piece of a manuscript, it seems he's asking this question. So it's cute. Everyone knows what's the most famous question about Hanukkah is why it's eight days. It's famous for being the base Yisus Kasha, even though it's much, much earlier. We might have mentioned a drop about it today. And this question also, at least the first person that talks about it openly is the base Yisus. Anyway, another person that talks about it is the Chavis Yair. The Chavis Yair, but se- um, the Chavis Yair who dies in 1702, was a tremendous, tremendous guy. And he was a very, also a very interesting guy. A lot, most a, a lot of his material did not survive, but we have some like um, like a mafteach of some of the mater- of this massive work that he that he had on all on kolotayr kula and every type of thing possible, and it was printed. The, the, a few pages are printed. It's called Yair Nesiv. It's a just it's four or five pages printed in 1865 for manuscript. It's, it's incredible what you see, what he was going to deal with in this work that has been lost. So one of the things he talks about is Tzarech Tam Al Rebbe Beseder Mishnah Shaloi Zacher Prati Dini Tzitzis Utfilin Venetiyos Adayim Vener Chanuk Aloi Zacher Klal Mashenkim BeMegillah VeIrvin. Now it's it was printed in a journal called Base Medrash that came out in 1865. At one point it was even photocopied, but um. But anyway, the point is not, we don't know what he says, but he asked the question also. Um, now, Adkan, the two early sources that asked the question, and then basically the, the next source that I believe that I located asked this question is a contemporary of the Chida in 1802. Um, he asked this question in a Chuvis Edis Beyosef that was actually also um, printed, in, is printed in maybe in 1800. And he, this Sefer also was recently reprinted, and he has a piece about this topic, and we'll get to his answer shortly. Now, the truth is, as I mentioned earlier, all different omissions of Hanukkah, but the omission of Pach Shemen created a great controversy in different periods of time. In 1891, a yid named Chaim Zelig Slonomitsky, he wrote an article in the newspaper at Svira, questioning why in the early sources, such as Sefer Maccabeum and Hashbenoim and all these things, there's no mention of the Pach Shemen. What, what's shot in that? that? That's the question that he wants to know. Um, okay. And he deals with this, and, he's, and basically he also asks about the Rambam, and Basically, he says it's it's a, it's a, it's some he he has different suggestions about it in his article. We're not going to go into what um, he suggests, and this ended up being a series of articles in the newspapers and his newspapers. This it, mamish was a controversy all over. Everyone was writing about it. It's complete swarm were written about. It. But even a fellow from 
Maskell, uh, Yaakov Reifman, even in a fascinating correspondence of his with Adaris, he even he wrote very sharply against him. Is what's he suggesting that the the nation of Pachshemen that didn't it didn't happen just because it's not mentioned? Maybe there's another reason behind it. But anyway, um, now it's assumed that this Lomritsky he's an evil Maskell and he had evil intentions with it. It's clear that he wasn't an evil Maskell. Without getting into a conversation of what is a maskil, if there's different types of maskil, he's a frumyid who spent years working, and he was consulted by many gedolim because of his expertise in mathematics and astronomy. But after he wrote this article, which was towards the end, it seems it went downhill for him, and he was put into a different category. Just to mention one autobiographical account, a, a yid, Svi Hirsch Malinsky writes, he writes how, how he met him after this article was written, and he said he, he knew that the people, the responses against him were very sharp, and they didn't like him. But some people actually wrote defenses for him, such as a Yid Rav Shmuel Alexandrov, who was a close, who was in close correspondence with Rav Cook. But because of his correspondence with this and defense of Slonimitsky, people, the, a picture of him circulated on the bottom and said that he's a Russia. Anyway, one other point is that Rav, the Torah Tamima, in his famous work, the Makar Baruch, writes that he went to visit the Nitziv in Varsha, and, he, and at some point, Slomitsky was also in Varsha. He asked him, why doesn't he go visit the Nitziv, as he had been in close correspondence with the Nitziv? He said, I had correspondence with him. I really want to, but since I'm on the outs, and I fear that the, that those against me will stop helping the Nitziv if I visit him, so I don't want to go to him. And it's clear it had to do with this article. Anyway... Bottom line is that he wrote this thing, and, and even in more recent years, this has come up, that there's no discussion of the Nase of Pach Shemen in early sources and what's Pshat in that. But we're, we're not um, going to deal with explaining possibly to be Miyash of it, but it's already in the famous controversial earlier work, Ma'are Nayim, from the Ready the Times of the Beis Yosef, he already notes the omission in the Sifrei Hashmanayim and etc. about there's no mentioned the Pach Shemek. Rabbi Dario Medina, in a controversial work of his, he's also a controversial person, also mentions it. Some people say, and this is how we'll conclude with this topic, is that it's a lot of times it depends on the tone of how one presents the information. For example, in a very in a from Mizrahi journal just a few years ago, Hamayan, it was presented in a different way in a Bakavadik Aifin, it's showing different Nakudis in this thing. And then afterwards, in the next issue, people were very praiseworthy of it. And even though uh, in 1891, when this person wrote it, the way he wrote it, it, it took it. Sometimes it's about the tone, but it's again, it's a very complex complicated topic and we're not going to deal with it. I'm just mentioning it because we're talking about Hanukkah and the omission the whole time. It's sort of in the elephant in the room. Okay, but now that Adkan for all the side points, now let's get to our main um, story for today. So just to clarify, <coughs> there, there are two things here, right? The omission of Pach Shemin in earlier sources, right? And why is no Masech Hanukkah? Are you tying these together or are you just... No, no. I'm just saying that's it, that I'm lumping is there's something very interesting about Hanukkah that in early sources, when you find it, there's no mention of Pach Shemin, which is not for us. And then is the even Mishnayis, why is there no why is there no Masechta? Not only about Shemin, but everything. Hilchas Hanukkah is not in a Masechta. Why not? So I'm, that's And that's the main focus of today. Okay, interesting. You mentioned maskil, from maskil, levels of maskil. For those who may listen to Rabbi Dr. David Katz's podcast once in a while on history, Ayn Sham for uh, his descriptions of levels of maskilim. But either way, so let's get to the answer that you want to discuss um, now today. 
Okay, so the first answer that, that people give is based on a famous Rambam in Perishim Shnayis and Menachis, which basically the Rambam says, and this gives us insight in how Rabbeinu HaKadosh, when he wrote his parish, he wrote, when he put together the Mishnah, which is that things such as Hilchus Tfilin, Mezuzah, Tzitzis, we don't find also in the Mishnahis. Why not? Nusuch of Tfilah we don't. Why? Because all these halachas were well known by everyone. Even the masses, they knew these halachas. So there was no need to include it in the Chibar of Mishnahis. I mean, to say the Mishnahis, everyone knows, and you learn Mishnahis, not everything is open in the Mishnahis, which is his own story, which we're going to discuss a little bit today. So things such as these things that everyone did every day, there was no... Um, it was not written out by Rebbe. Now, it wasn't put by Rebbe. This answer was already given in 1804 in the Hebrew Yad Nemon. Marat says it, Rabbi Yaakov Reifen, who we just mentioned, and many others. Hanukkah was well known, so it was no, there was no need to create a, um, a Masechta with the Halachas. Everyone knew you light the candles, etc. Okay. Rabbi Yaakov Shor has a problem with this Rambam in general. He says, just look at the Hilchus Tefillin and Mezuzah. What does it mean they're well known? These are complicated mitzvahs. They're full of details. Not only that, some could say it's more complicated than Kriyishma, which has its own Masech. The Brachas has a lot of Hilchus Kriyishma. Just to illustrate this point of Rabbi Yaakov Shor, the Chafetz Chaim's son writes, his father spent months working on just two simanim of Hilchus Tefillin. And you could speak to people that are Isaac in the Sugis of Safros. It's a, it's a Maktsai that people spend years on. Simil- the Sri Deish raises a similar point, that these Halachas are full of Pratim and Diktukim that, that people don't know. So he, so Yaakov Shor suggests that it must be there was some type of Masechta that was devoted to the Hilchas of Tefillin, similar to a Masechta Seifrim type Sefer, and it was lost. And, and, but some of it re, is retained in the Masechta Seifrim that we have today. Okay, this is a suggestion of his. Now, with all that, we could go on to the next answer, and that is the, the assumption that there really was a Masechta Hanukkah and it was lost. Now, we know that there's something called Sheva Masechtas, or known as the Masechtas Katanus. In the series of Reb Chaim Kanievsky, I hope to deal with this at length, because Reb Chaim Kanievsky is well-known, wrote a parish systematically on the seven Masechtas. However, many early Achreim did not have these Masechtas, and many Rishayim didn't even have all the Masechtas. But the question is, what are the seven Masechtas? So Rabbi Avram ben Agra quotes from his father, the Vilna Gaim, says one of the Masechtas is... Masechtas Hanukkah. Now, we have the seven Masechtas today, and none of them are Masechtas Hanukkah. But Bekitzer, it seems it might have been lost. The Radal seems to say that there were other Masechtas besides the Sheva Masechtas. He has the Makairis in, in Truvis Ga'inim. Interestingly enough, the Vilna Gain's great nephew writes and that he heard from the Vilna Gain that there were, that there were not only were the other Masechtas, such as Masechtas Hanukkah, there was something called Masechtas Midas, Masechtas Anova, and Masechtas Bitachin. All these Chiburim were lost. Anyway, so, so this is a different answer that there might have really, the, according to the Grad, there was such a Masech that was lost. Okay, now this really leads us into the next answer, and which is that there really is a Masech about Hanukkah, and that Masech is what? Megillus Tainus. Who says this? So earlier I mentioned there's a Chibur Edis B'Yosef. Edis B'Yosef printed in 1800, who I said he's the earliest source that talks about this question and printed sources besides the two that I mentioned that are only recent discoveries. And he brings down that, and the Chida goes with this also, um, that, that, that there was no need to write a Masechtas Hanukkah, because if you open up your Masechtas, if you open up Megillus Tainus, in the end of Megillus Tainus, there's a Gantzah Parak, and in there it talks about 
it talks about, and we're going to see more about it in, in uh, two or three minutes. It talks about Hanukkah, and then after it brings down Hanukkah, and it talks all about it, and then it talks about and then it has a whole, there's a few pages in, in some versions of the Chibur, but there's a, all the halachas, even Mitzvah Halacha from Shkia, and the leave it out Pesach Beisai, and Vimayadar. So we see there's a bunch of halachas in a Masechta, early Megillus Tainus, early Sefer. Now, interestingly enough, in 1908, there was an edition of the Masechtas of, of, of Megillus Tainus, and he says, he says this answer also, that he didn't know that other people said it, and then he says that on the cover of this printing edition in 1908 that he publishes, he says, Megillus Tainus, because this last parak, he really, he, he, he holds, and he could mistakenly think it's Masechtas Hanukkah. Okay, there actually is a Masechtas Hanukkah, but turns out it's really a parody of Leitzanistika work, printed, but we're not going to get into that now, what you can learn from that. Anyway, a few years back, this Chibur that came out in 1908 called um, a Perusha Megillus Tainus. One of the Perushim is Aisha and Aisha Avram. So Oiz Vahadr published it, but they, for some reason, they censored out certain Askamas and they and they censored out half the parish. I don't know why. Okay, more recent years, Oiz Vahadr published it and it, they published the whole work. It looks like this. Um, and they have some other Perushim on the Masechta. Now, one second. You said Oiz Vahadr published it and censored it, then you no, said they published it. No, Zichr Naren. Sorry. Sorry. Correct? Correct? I'm testing if you're listening. That's all. Zichr That's what they always say, right? Zichr Naren, a publishing house, they published it, with including everything. Okay. Um, now, Reb Chaim Again, Malibu, to clarify, one more time. Oiz Vahadr published censored it. Censored it. They censored it. And, uh, and Mechon Zichr Naren did not censor it. They published the whole thing. Okay. Now. Rechaim Berlin, he helped, he was in Yerushalayim at the time, he helped the author, including giving him rare materials from his incredible library. He even tried to get funds for, for publishing by Mekitsin Damim. This author spent four years working on this parish. It's a very nice, thorough parish on the thing. And he says this is what, um, bottom line is, um, today this parish is available. It's available on Hebrew books. If you don't want to buy this, a Kranaran edition. But... He suggests that's what the Grah means. The Grah didn't mean that there was a lost Masechta. The Grah was well aware of Megillus Tainus because he wrote even Haaretz on Megillus Tainus, and that's what he's referring to. Okay. Now, even if the Grah didn't mean like this, but there are clearly certain people that understood to answer this question based on the concept of that Megillus Tainus is what we're referring to. Now, and therefore, since Megillus Tainus is an early work, so Rebbe didn't need to include it in Mishnayis if there's if it, if it, if there's a few pages in Megillus Tainus that if you open up your Megillus Tainus, okay, it's not a few pages in a stand, in addition that doesn't have Purushim on the side, but it's a nice page of the most important aspects. Okay, but in order to properly understand this answer and why this answer is not a good answer, one has to backtrack a drop. We're not going to go fully fully into this. But we're going to mention like this. What is Megillus Tainus? When you learn Gemara, it comes up very often. What is Megillus Tainus? So basically, Megillus Tainus is our earliest written halachic text. And I stress the words written. Dating from much before our Mishnai, some say it was so well known that even children knew it by heart. It collected days of when Nisim happened, the very of Nitzachin in the times of Bayashani. And basically, there are two parts, one written in Aramaic, which is a list of the various days that one should not fast or say a spadim on it, such as if you open up, um, when you're learning the Gemara over here, what is the price, the famous price? That basically, that's what that's the Aramaic, that's what's called the Aramaic part 
of the Megillus Tainus. But right away, when you look in the standard Megillus, this part of the Megillus Tainus only has something like 270 words. It's a list, Aramaic list, of a bunch of days in the in the year. Not to say, not to fast as Hayes, but there's another part in Hebrew. And each one of the, it's like a Gemara type um, to each one of these days, and it gives explanations what's behind the day. So the Mashal Hanukkah talks all about what we know about Hanukkah that you find already partially in the Bryson Gemara Shabbos. Now, so with this in mind, it's not so strange to say that there's no need for a special Masechet about Hanukkah. Since the earliest text we have, there's a lengthy entry about Hanukkah with most important things, including the Alachas. So why would Rebbe have to repeat it? The problem is that although, yes, there's an Aramaic part and a Hebrew part, but the dating of the two is much later than each other. And that is, the Megillus Tainus is from before the Mishnais. And that has, but it has significant additions, this, what I'm calling Gemara part, written in the Hebrew, this, the Merzchayas, the Radal, I recently saw, maybe even the Chesam Seifer says, that the Aramaic part was written very early. At the point when it was not permissible to write the entire Shorah this was written, because it's just the Halacha, it, it doesn't really say much. But at a later point, when Torah was permitted, permitted to start writing, so Hebrew was added. When did that happen? So, Lumashom, the Merzchayas says it was after the Tkufa of Rabbein HaKadosh. Rabbi Yaakov Emden earlier says it was completed at the end of the Tanaim. The bulk of the discussion regarding Hanukkah that appears in Megillus Tainus is in the Hebrew part. So therefore, it does not make sense to say that Rabbi is relying on it, because this is only after Rabbein HaKadosh's time. The G'daylim, who first suggested this answer, they were not aware of that there's different Tkufas going on in the Megillus Tainus, such as what the, which Rabbi Yaakov Emden, which is some of these other Acharyim uh, do suggest. Now, Lemaisa, for just to go briefly into this, a few Achreinim already used the Megillus Tainus for Hanukkah because there are pieces that are not that show that the famous Kasha the Beis Yosef is already in the Megillus Tainus that it asks it and it has its answer and it's its own uh, long discussion. Which Baruch Hashem, there's thick works, thick tomes written on the sugya of the Beis Yosef's Kasha, and but it turns out it's very early Kasha already from Megillus Tainus. Now. Be, be that as it may, when one compares the, 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 the Hanukkah and Megillus Tainus to the Bavli, we find many similarities. But there are also differences. So the Shaila is, which work the Bavli did the Megillus Tainus, now that we're saying that the, that the a Gemara, what I'm calling the Hebrew part, slash Gemara part, that has Hilchas Hanukkah in it, was that before the Gemara or after? So if you look in, let's say, the Natsiv, the Chida earlier, Reb Zevin later on, they all say that this Brisa of, of um, the, that the Gemara had, is written after this part of, this Hebrew part of the Megillus Tainus. Okay. Anyway, this, um, as I said, there's a this 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 topic of Megillus Tainus. Uh, sorry, there's been a lot discussed about it, especially in recent years based in the academic world, based on incredible discoveries. Just to mention, there's a, a lady Vera Noam put out a beautiful edition of the Megillus Tainus based on tremendous discoveries in manuscripts, and there's also uh, Shama Freeman. They've written a lot about it and many others, um, um, but we're not going to go into it. I'm just throwing it out there. To mention it, just to conclude the sugya of Megillus Tainus and Hanukkah with two interesting, cute things. One is, um, um, uh, we know um, people talk about America. So America, that um, to put it mildly, in the 1860s, Yiddishkeit was pretty bad. So in a book, it's called um, The First Rabbi, which is about a, 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 one of the earliest rabbis um, in America, from Rabbi, Rabbi Ram Rice, who had smicha come from the Yekesh Shabbat Midrashim of Rabbi Ram Bing. So he, in a piece over here, when he talks about Hanukkah, 
So it sounds like in 1845, he's talking about it. He's talking to his kila. They don't. Very few of them know why we celebrate Hanukkah, and and what it is. Okay, this is what he says. Okay. Now, what's interesting? Why am I saying this introduction of 1845 is that a contemporary of his was someone Bernard um, Elo or something. I think, I, I'm probably saying his name wrong. This person was a Talmud of the Chassam Seifer, had smicha from the Chassam Seifer, and he also ends up getting to America. And um, and he gets to America, and he's, a I think, a Rav at some point. Or maybe, I'm not sure, I don't know his whole history offhand right now, but I came across this piece that he wrote a tshuva, if one could use gas for your neiros, if, the fi- if, so to speak, the flame is coming through gas, if it's permissible for your um, narchanika. So this is a tshuva being written in the 1860s. And part of the deal deals with how to learn up this Megillus Tynus. I found it very interesting. Even though I just said in 1845, the maths of an America is terrible, but there was a year the Talmud of the, of the Chassam Seifer, he's handling with the, with, he's handling with the Megillus Tynus, had to, had to answer up his tshuva. And interestingly enough, there's a, in this collection that his son put out of his stuff, there's someone else, a, a Rav Bandi, who also, he, he argues on, and he has a whole arichus, again, fighter handling in different aspects with the Megillus Tainus. So it's cute, even though in America was a terrible situation, but we have two Yidin that are handling the Megillus Tainus in these in these Inyana. Okay, that's one point. And the last point that relates to Megillus Tainus, and this is, is it is an interesting um, little-known correspondence on the topic between Daderis and Rabbi Yaakov Kahana and his rear Shuvus Toldus Yaakov, where Basically, they're handling about Masechus Hanukkah, Megillus Tainus. So Rav Kahana, he was bothered why the Bavli left out most of Megillus Tainus from its discussion in regard to Hanukkah. He compares the two, and that Darius wrote back to him about it that he that he remembers he, he that he once wrote about it, etc. But he says what bothered him more was. The, that the Yerushalmi doesn't, which is what I mentioned all the way in the beginning, and they handle about it, but he says, Lemaisa, there's a lot of mitzvahs that are not mentioned in the Mishnahis, such as Ksiva Sefer Torah is a mitzvah, uh, and it's, it's not found in the Mishnahis. Because he, so Rav Kahana writes back to him, and it's a, it's a very interesting tshuva, how these two gedolim go at it, we call it Torah Kula. Anyway, Adkan, the, the Mahalach of, based on Megillus Tainus, and some, a tiny bit about the background of what, what it is, this Chibor Megillus Tainus. You mentioned these two rabbis, early rabbinic figures in the United States of America. I believe, again, Rabbi Dr. David Katz has episodes where he talks about both of them, both Rabbi Rice and Rabbi Iloui. <coughs> Not that's how you pronounce his name either. Um, but if you look in his podcast, he discusses, he has very interesting content, uh, both of those. Okay, yeah. so thank you for that information. Sam um, Seifer, who you've mentioned just um, a few times already. Um, I think he has an answer as well. Yes, yes, definitely does. He's it's okay. He's this is one of the famous Turutsim. Perhaps one of the first Turutsim that I ever came across was like this. The Chassam Seifer says, so this Harris is brought down by in the Chut Hamishulish that the Chassam Seifer used to say over the reason why it's not in the Mishnah is because Rabbeinu Kaddish was from the Zera of David Amelch and the miracle of Hanukkah was through the Chashmonayim who took away the Malchus from the. The, the descendants of David. So it was to not to his liking, in quotation marks, he omitted it from the Mishnah, which was written, Beruch HaKadosh. These are very powerful words. And I remember the first time I came across them, I found it very interesting. I went, I used to, I had a very close kasha with a Yid, a old Yerushalmi Yid, his name was Rabbi Yassel Tzainvart, and I asked him about this Chassam Seifer, and he said it schmecked from Haskalah. And we'll see more about that momentarily. But, 
Bottom line is this piece of the Chassam Seifer caused controversy, like a lot of other things, and it was dealt with. There were censorships how to present this Chodam Mashulash. Uh, people n- noted this um, in an article in Mish- in the Kulmus, in the Hebrew Kulmus, someone wrote an article about noticing noted the different versions of Chodam Mashulash how it publishes. Anyway, it seems that the daughter of the Chassam Seifer is reported to have said that the Chodam Mashulash in general is not reliable. Okay, so he said, so so some people would say, okay, this is chalk it up to one more such piece that is not reliable, what he says to answer about about um, the Mishnah, uh, why there's no Mishnah's Hanukkah. In Maisa, I came across, um, the Sri Deyesh says he knew the author personally, the Chodam he was a reliable person, he was a daikon, and you could rely on him. Okay, now, Lamaisa, the world expert today, or one of the world experts, because it's very hard to say, the Israel Yid, Rabbi Yaman Shmuel Hamburger of Bnei Brak. And he put out a beautiful work on the Chsam Seifer called Zechrenus Mosiris, Alech Chsam Seifer. And he says that most of the time it turns out that this Chodam Mosholosh is correct, and he defends this answer. Okay. Lamaisa, what's it based on? It's based on the Ramban, the Ramban, a famous Ramban in the end of Chomish Bereshis, where he talks about the Chet of the Chashmanayim, that basically they took it away from. Um, it's a famous Ramban. I'm not going to go into it, uh, discussing Barichus, the quote to Lashen, but. It's a, it's well it's well known. The mice, even if the, the one of the points that they brought up, why the chsam cipher, it can't be, is because in, in Gittin he says a different reason. He says based on the Rambam that we quoted all the way in the beginning that since Hanukkah is well known, Rebbe did not include it, so it must be the chsam cipher couldn't have said it. But I don't know what what does that mean. The, 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 I, I remember hearing when I was a kid that the Satma Rebbe every. Um, Night of Hanukkah would say another teretz, and if you, uh, for the base is kasha, so this kasha there's also a bunch of terutzim. So what's and the chasam seifer is a mayer Many questions of his, he has many mahalchem. So one time he said based on the Rambam, another time he said this. What, what's what's so problematic? I don't know. But lemaisa, even if you don't want to say the chasam seifer says this, lemaisa chiber chazde avos says from from Rabbi Yitzchak ter, um, Ternik. From Kutna, he's the anical of Rabbi Yisraelmi Kutna. He dies right before World War II. Tremendous guy. And he also, he says this play, um, um, clearly. And he ties it to the Ramban. So even if you don't want to say, you don't like the Ramban, um, the Cipher saying it, or Rabbi Yassel, it's a Shmek from um, Haskala. And Lemaisa, I did find years later that Lemaisa is a Chaya Frankel, uh, interesting fellow to put it mildly. Um, um, Askal, Tacoma Moscow is also putting it mildly, but we're not going to get into that. He does say it. And this was the, the accepted explanation by many historians for many years that the reason is it has something to do with the yachas of Rebbe and Hashmanayim and how the Hashmanayim are portrayed in Chazal in a negative way, not in a negative way. This is a topic that's dealt with in the academic world. We're not going to discuss that today. But Lamaisa, others have said it besides the, the Chazdei Avais, an interesting Yid, Rabbi Ari Leib Feinstein, which some people do call Mamaskal. I believe he's not. But anyway, Akalpanim, different people said this terrorist of Rebbe. But there's a nif- nakuda, uh, just to mention briefly, is this Taras of Sam Seifer is telling another thing, and that is what was Rebbe's role in writing the Mishnah? Was he an editor that just collected previous material, or he added things of his own? So just to mention he says Rabbi never brings something that he does not agree with in the Mishnah. So that goes very good. But Lamaisa the Sefer Krisus, the Sefer from the Baliatis, is a Sefer Klalim, a Gavaldika Sefer, and he says that Rabbi was mostly an editor. He gathered existing Mishnahis and he chose with Chachamim what to include. So it comes out that some Sefer's terrorists would only work according to the Kaftar of a Ferach, but according to the Sefer Krisus, even if something, even if he didn't want it, he, he would not have a possibility not to include it in there. Anyway, this is um, the famous Teretz of the Chassam Seifer that's been discussed. Okay, now, I would like to conclude 
with one last mahalach as time allows, as the clock runs down, runs out on us. And that's as follows. Some people say, uh, let's say Alexander Moshe says, the reason Hanukkah is written down is to show the power of Tyre Shabal Peh. And there's tons of Tyres and Shmuz and tying Hanukkah and Tyre Shabal Peh, which I'm having Rachmanis not to go down that Nakuda. Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Orbach says something similar, fine. But I think it has, it's, there's even more to it. And that's as follows. Um, basically, we find in the Gemara a concept known as Chesuri Mechsera, that when it's talking, when the Gemara asks a question on the Mishnah and says something's missing, and we try to understand that the Gemara says there's a line missing, it should really say this. So many years ago, when I was in 10th grade, my high school Rebbe at the time, Rabbi Lobenstein, he said he heard over from his Rebbe, Rev Hutner, it was done on purpose. The whole heter to write down Tarish Peh was a Rasha of Rabbi Nakadish that he saw was going to be forgotten. He didn't want it to become accessible to all. He wanted to retain a strong part of it that it should be dependent on Tarish Peh, on a Messiah from the past. Therefore, he made it that certain parts could only be understood based on transmission from a previous generation. How did he do that? He specifically on purpose left out lines in the Mishnahis. Lamaisa, I later found that Rav Hutner says this by Richus, and he says it for Hanukkah also. It was done on purpose to retain, uh, it was, that's why Hanukkah is only mentioned in Mishnahis in Agav Dika Oifanim, to show us this type of thing, similar to Chesuri Mechsera. This is what Rav Hutner says. Lamaisa, without tying it to Hanukkah, we quoted earlier from the Chavis Yar, an incredible, incredible work of his that only came out from manuscript in recent years called Mark Hashisha. He basically says this Nakuda to explain Chesuri Mechsera, but not for Hanukkah. Lamaisa, the Rashash, also in an interesting Hebrew, Nesivis Oilam, from just to throw out there, because we're throwing out these words also, in a, mas- in a masculine friend of his, of Katzenelenbeigen in Vilna, he wrote many Haaris on this Hebrew, so the Rashash says the same thing in, in, in explaining it. Now, in explaining Chesur Mechsa. But I want to take this, a suggestion, I'm going to say another point, and I'm going to take it even further. And that is like this. There's a Yid, Rogadalia Nadal, a famous Yid that also sparked controversy, which we hope to deal with in the episodes of Ramchayim Kanievsky soon enough. However, based on, I'm going to take what he said and go further. He said like this. There's a famous, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't say this, this is the background. There's a concept called Chesur Mechsa, which we just said, which is, that um, that there's no chesarin in the Mishnahis. You have to know how to read the Mishnahis very well. This is a Rabbeinu B'chai and other Rishayim. Rabbi Avram Ben-Agra brings this down from his father. He says, my father was able to show every time the Gemara says chesarin mechzer, how it's really mavur in the Mishnah. And he doesn't just say it. Rabbi Avram doesn't like make up something out of the hat. He gives an example of a sugya, and there's other sugyas like this. Rabbi Shosh brings down such a thing. It's a Yududik thing. With this introduction, I'm, even though he doesn't say it, I'm giving the introduction to Rugadal Yanadol. Says Rugadal that where does everyone know Hanukkah from? In Baba Kama, Daf Samach Beis Beis, it says in the Mishnahis, if you have a, if you have a Gamal, I'm going to say it in English, just because we're, we're English people. But basically, if you have a, a, a camel, he's walking in the public domain with flax, and the flax caught fire from a fire that was in a shop and did damage. What happens? The owner of the camel has to pay damages. Okay. However, if the storekeeper's fire was out in the public domain, then the storekeeper has to pay damages. Says Rabbi Yehuda that if the fire was from the nearest of Hanukkah, then the storekeeper is not obligated to pay. From here, says Rav Nado, we learn the basic halachas of Hanukkah. 
Why? The nares have to be lit outside over ten tefachim, and when people are passing by, the halachas of halo and kriyas hatayra are found in other places in the Mishnah. So the rest of halachas are side issues. So here in this Mishnah, which was talking about hilchas nazikin, we see openly all these things. So you have to says Rugadali Nadal, and this is mamish mahalach of his barichos, but this is printed in a work called Lekuti Mitayt Shiri Rugadali, which it seems is also it's very hard to find. It's not. Um, He's in, when we discuss him, we'll maybe discuss more about it. But anyway, this is what he suggests. So really, what I'm saying is, it's not the chesurim mechsar taira is specifically in the Mishnayis. Not that the Gemara says chesurim mechsar on it, but if you learn the Mishnah carefully, you'll see there's more to the story. Okay. So now I want to take this even further, and that's as follows: When one starts Hilchus Chanukah, so in, if you're learning halacha, and as we've mentioned in the past, I have a certain special place in my heart for the Magen Avram. He brings down a chibur right in the beginning of Hanukkah for why there's a famous minig that all children are makbid in, kol, in every um, place um, in all the world, which is Hanukkah guilt. Where, where does it come from? So I have no idea. But I know when you learn Magen Avram, the Magen Avram brings down, says there's a sefer Hanukkah Sabayis, and the Hanukkah Sabayis says um, that there's a minig, and he, the Hanukkah Sabayis gives a reason for it. So I remember when I saw this many years ago, I know this is pre the Oitzah Chachma days and everything. I, I emailed of a friend um, in Muncie has a tremendous farm collection named uh, Rabbi Shalom Jacobs. And he tells me, yeah, he has a safe Hanukkah Zabayis. He even made sure to get me a copy to send it to me in Eretz Yisrael. And basically, in this Chibor, Taka is the Makar for the Magan Avram. Turns out, a few years later, I start going through the Sefer. It's a, he's a Talmud of the Marshal Asheni, and he wrote an important Hebrew called Tal Iris on the Lama Tesmalachis, which the Magen Avram quotes. This Hebrew is beyond rare. Even the Chida, who in a previous episode we just spoke about, on Rechaim Kanievsky, about how he saw everything and his Shem Agdolim and everything, this work he never saw. But the Magen Avram had it. Anyway, it's first printed in 1641. What's this Hebrew? Besides for this important halacha of that you give the kids, the poor kids, the money when they come around, what, what's this chibur? Turns out, it's a chibur on Masechta Seifrim, showing Mephalpal in Masechta Seifrim, showing how in Hanerei Salalu that we say every night, all of Hilchas Chanakar Marumas. So I would like to suggest that this, this Hanerei Salalu, it's not clear how early it is, but it's for sure from Masechta Seifrim. So, there was a small piece that everyone knew. If you want to even go to tie with the Rambam of the Rambam's Persian Mishnais, that was well known. Tfilis were well known. So everyone said Aneris Salalu. And in Aneris Salalu, if you look at it very carefully, the Sefer, unbelievable what he, how he shows it. But And it's not through using Gematrius and it's not through using Hibijibi Kabbalah, through Pashat learning the text. All Hilchas Hanukkah, and he's Mephalpal in tons of things of Hilchas Hanukkah. That's the Hashivas of the Sefer. So, but Kitzer, there's a there is a a, po- a place that I could show you, even if, similar to Gedalia Nadal, who points to a Mishnah in in Baba Kama, the famous Mishnah which talks about that's how we know about the uh, Hanukkah and Mishnah. Here it's much more because there's a few lines and there's more. He shows how everything is in there. It's Kedai to look at. There's at least a version on Hebrew books. There's, I think, maybe a few versions on Aitzar Hachma. Okay. Now I would like to conclude because we asked so many questions at the outset, and um, even though we're not gonna, we don't have time to go through all the aspects, I would like to conclude something with a different Rebbe of mine. This Rebbe of mine, I would I give him unbelievable credit. He's my fifth grade Rebbe, and this Rebbe, his name was Rebbe Yaakov Kapal Halevi Berlovsky in Yeshiva's Chaim Berlin. And he was extremely, he's my fifth grade Rebbe, he was my fifth grade Rebbe, and I give him tremendous um, appreciation. He helped my, 
he helped my appreciation with Svarim grow. I mean, say, by the time I came to fifth grade, I was into Svarim plenty, but he helped it for the next four years. He helped it a lot. And he, just to show the impact, this is my fifth grade Rebbe. I'm not young. I'm not old, but I'm not young. It's going back many years. And he quoted, he wrote up for us um, in a pen with four different colors, uniball pens, red, green, blue, and black, with stencil machines. We're going back. I don't have the paper here. I do have the paper somewhere, actually. He quoted a Mayurdika Drush's Chsam Seifer, which until today, and this shows you the impact of a Rebbe could have on a kid even in fifth grade. And basically it says in, in, in Hanukkah, we say in Alanis, in Velikuneris Bechatzus Kachacha, says the Chsam Seifer, that that's the answer to the question. That's where it's alluding to the nace. What does that mean? How is it answering the question? Because they weren't able to light inside. Normally they lit, they lit inside. Here they had to light outside. Why? Because it was so tumidic. It was so full of tumah. And it's winter nights. So it normally should have gone out much earlier. It didn't. That's the nace of Hanukkah. And that's the Yishuv, Saif for the base Yosef Kasha. And that's the Pshad, how it's Marumas and Alanisim. Okay, this is some cipher, doesn't need any any Haskamas. Um, this is some cipher. Now, um, Lamashal, so, but the, what the Chiddush is, this is a nace that, that um, and that's how the nace came known. What does that mean to how the nace came known? There's a different some cipher that a friend of mine, Ami Kohn, pointed to me. It's a very interesting some cipher. It talks about why the nace of Hanukkah is outside. And as opposed to, let's say, uh, Megillah, Pesach, we don't do it outside, even though there's a there's a connection to the Pesach be- uh, bias for, for Pesach. But he says, because Pesach is that, because Hanukkah, everyone needs to know about it. Why? Because in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, it was Besesar, and not everyone knew. Only the Kaihanim knew this. Not everyone knew this. He says, the Sezich Sam Seifer, Haraivet Besefer Divrei Malchus Bayez Sheni um, says this. Uh, okay. And he was, this Ami Kohn was asking all different people, where in the world does this come from? Lamaisa, this concept that, that only the Kaihanim knew, it sounds like there's a famous, there's a Mesha Chachba and Shemais that also says something similar, that it was not such a well-known nace. It, it wasn't as, from a person, the, the nace of Hanukkah was the, that they won the war and everything. The nace of the Shemin took time for it to get known. But what's the Chesam Seifer referring to? So you didn't have an answer. I had, I, I, reached out to Rabbi Hamburger, who I quoted earlier. He didn't have a good answer. He did send me a list of different places where some Seifer does refer to historical works, but there is a the, the famous Raivin, the first Raivin, who's known for writing a Seifer, a Seder Kabbalah, which is a historical work. So what's less known is he has a Hebrew Dairusalem, which is also available. Show in a, one of the a critical edition, as they call it, is this expensive book. And that's the only reason why you show it in the first place. And basically he talks about Hanukkah, and over the but the problem is with the dating and everything, and it's still not clear. But it seems the Chassam Seifer would, it's possible the Chassam Seifer could have seen this work. But what the Chassam Seifer, how he remembered it, that's still Tzarech uh, Beer. Where is the source for the Chassam Seifer? I'll call upon him. The point is, we now have an answer, at least one answer. There's many answers um, of for for in Alanisim and. We also were able to be Zaycha to answer up to Beisayis' Kasha, even though we said a different answer, which is that really in the Megillah's Tainus, but here we're answering it, Lamaisa. Okay, Al Kalpanim, we tried to keep it to some normal sense of time without going all over the place um, with all the different tangents and tangents that I could have gone to, so I'm um, being polite. Thank you very much. Um, any questions or requests for possible PDFs or book information, please be in touch with eliezerbrut at gmail.com. If you want to sponsor any episode, we have requests for episodes, please be in touch with myself, shwaitm at ou.org or Rabbi Dr. Brut at eliezerbrut at gmail.com. Thank you very, very much. And we look forward to connecting once again.